0: Welcome, everyone. This is uh, Justin Goodhart. I'm joined with Cameron Klein. It is the Fly Guys podcast. Cameron, this is episode number 99, and yeah. uh, we haven't uploaded in a while. The
1: Gretzky episode.
0: It's the Gretzky episode. Ooh, <laughs> that might be
1: what we... I just we, thought, just now, thought
0: that's about. That's yeah. not a bad yeah. one. Uh, so this episode's going to be a little bit different. We're actually not going to be doing any amount of talking whatsoever. Uh, this episode is going to be strictly a highlight reel episode. We have strung-together clips of what we think are our finest, or at least our most eventful episodes, and we really hope that you have the chance to enjoy it. We hope that uh, you are able to get some laughs out of it. For those who have been listening to us almost from the beginning, or maybe from exactly the beginning, this episode is more or less for you guys. It's for all of you that have stood by us as, you know, I would say that our growth has been minimal, but it's been enough to kind of feel pretty proud of, and I think as we enter nearing episode 100, uh, this is a pretty good time for Cameron and I to start reflecting and just kind of talk to you guys for a minute.
1: Yeah, it's definitely steadily grown. Uh, you know, obviously not as fast as we would like to, but you know, it is what it is, but um, we do have, what's what's really interesting is we do have a loyal listener base. We do. like we We have a steady number of listeners that tune in every time, so for those people this episode is mostly for you um and it was a lot of and it, it we'll be honest it was it was for us too it was a lot of yeah. fun dude like going back and obviously hearing harold the, harold ballard um yeah the barry trotz episode <laughs> hearing hearing like how hopeful we were in the first like oh my god episodes because the flyers were crushing it's, it it's kind of painful it really is it's it's terrible actually um Yeah. Hearing about like, well, you know, hopefully A V will be here for a long time because he has changed the culture. And uh (laughs) (laughs) But like, you know what are you gonna do? Just
0: to kind of get real for a second, a lot
1: of people might be wondering,
0: Oh, you guys haven't kind of uploaded. The one thing that Cameron and I we've we've talked about this probably a hundred times. I'm not gonna put something out. Cameron's not gonna put something out if we don't think it's gonna be any good. Yeah. And we've kind of thought long and hard about what we wanted these next two episodes to be. Truthfully, I don't think we have a plan right now for episode one hundred. But uh, we're not going to rush to it. There is no rush. It's not like the Flyers are playing tomorrow. Right. Well, what are we going to talk about? The Avalanche and the Blues? Like, yeah, we still care about the NHL plus even though the Flyers aren't in it. But ultimately, I've been proud to say that we've made, up to this point, 98 phenomenal episodes. I would stand by and say that despite a small following, I would put our podcast against any other podcast that covers the NHL and say, you know, we're just as good as speakers where we can have just as fun of discussions. And quite honestly, I don't think you're going to get a more real conversation from two people who at the end of the day are, you know, I got a blue, uh, blue-collar blue worker right here, and I'm sitting at a desk, you know, eight hours a day. But really, from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate all of you guys who have listened. And I uh, I just hope you enjoy this one.
1: Yeah, and I uh, I've, I've always enjoyed making this with you um it's very interesting looking back I'm a very sentimental person as am I yeah and uh and I I, yeah you definitely are I have definitely noticed that um I think that's a thing that you and I get along with a lot because we can send each other appreciation texts and stuff like that and and completely understand one another but we've talked plenty of times you and I about the first time we commentated a football game together for Shippensburg and how pretty much from right at that moment we were just like this this works great chemistry from the get-go It and, wasn't
0: something I necessarily had with Ross Castaldo when we did our football game right. together. Uh, shout out to him. but
1: Yeah, and, and just going back, listening to these episodes, I was, I was saying to my fiancé last night, I was just like, one, I really enjoy doing this. Mm-hmm. Despite, you know, a lot of listeners, little listeners. A lot of recognition, a little recognition. I don't really care. I just enjoy doing this with you. I enjoy hanging out. I enjoy talking sports with somebody else who can be just as angry as I am. Um, and, yeah, I, I enjoy our chemistry together. It's a lot of fun, and I'm very excited to do a hundred more.
0: I'm excited for the next hundred that are coming. I, I'm happy to say that you know our podcast is kind of one of those podcasts where it's very small, but um, there's no controversy. <laughs> our <laughs> podcast is not like is not like it, you, you find out any crazy things about yeah, us. Yeah,
1: there's a uh, there's a lot. Apparently, uh, there's uh, you know we're not going to go into it. there's a lot no, of uh, a no. lot of drama in the amateur <laughs>
0: <laughs> in hockey Twitter in world very, in general. Yeah. But
1: Jesus Christ,
0: um. This one, sit back, relax, there's no new information you will learn from this episode. This one is for all of you, and more importantly, I hope that you be happy, you be healthy, get vaccinated if you can, and as always, this episode proves we're never wrong about anything. Right. <laughs> Welcome to the inaugural Fly Guys podcast. I hope I hope the name sticks. My name is Justin Goodhart, and I'm off to my left is another ship alum we are both ship alums actually Cameron Klein uh Cameron how you doing today
1: I'm good man how you doing
0: uh not too bad not too bad it's it's a good it's a good it's honestly it's a good Tuesday the Eagles yeah. winning Monday night the Phillies the breaking news just coming in the Phillies have signed Dede Gregorius I don't even know the terms of the deal yet I'm sure I'll find that out momentarily but we're not here to talk about the Eagles we're not here to talk about the Miami Dolphins we're not here to talk about the Philadelphia Phillies what we're here to talk about is Philadelphia Flyers
1: close enough to get the feel of the game mm-hmm. but it's like far enough away that you can actually watch the game and see it comfortably and see everything that's going on you know i have to say this
0: uh when i heard that you had club seats i was massively jealous i was oh, yeah. se- i was yeah. i was boiling in my seat i'm like i can't believe it he gets club seats and... yeah i will be too oh gosh it yeah. was but you know what i hope i i could imagine that especially on a game the way that they played against winnipeg today you it it made the experience even better it's my guess
1: I was at my girlfriend's house watching it. Um her parents aren't as into hockey as as I am, but they love that I love it. So they support my love for it. Aww. They they love that when they when they saw that they won, they were they were congratulating me and saying, "You know, that was awesome. Like it's so cool that they won." I really had to reel it in. I had to re I mean, there was a lot of teeth grinding going on uh, uh, behind my lips. I mean, it was it was tremendous. They could definitely tell I was getting annoyed at some of the calls. Um but I wrote down a little list of the things that were the most egregious. Um, two goals went in without them even knowing. <laughs> that, I think that's, that's all. I, that, I that's, think that's, that's the it. best way to start off a list that's, like that. that. That paints the picture, right there. They didn't. I mean, are, come on, man. The first one, okay, it was really fast. It was in a kind of weird spot. But it
0: took them like 15 seconds. It took.
1: It, it was Bjork, almost half a minute. It took Bjorkstrand to tell them I scored that goal. And then the TK one. It took Farby, a 19-year-old who who's played 40 games in his career to go, um, hey guys, that's in. That that's in by the way. I don't know if you can see it, but it's right there, you idiot. It's I don't you understand idiot. <laughs> how you can't see that that's in. And then okay. Then then the, the it just got ridiculous. At first in, in in the first period, they were letting them play. There was a couple couple things that could have been in trips on, on the Columbus. There was a couple that could have been slashes on the Flyers. Oh, they, there's one in particular that should have gone against the Flyers in the right. second period. i going to get into that. But in the first period, they were letting them play. And you know what? I loved it. I was like, you know what? That's fine. Let them play. This is great. This is entertaining hockey. I don't mind that. They're taking a step back. I don't know if they got a phone call or something in the first intermission because second intermission, they were calling every little thing that they could see except for the most blatant things that for some reason they didn't see. such an insane extent recently i I love him i love him i love him i love his gold chain everything about him it's just
0: you are a fan of the gold chain i do it's (laughs) just got so much swag to it um we played against each other twice Mm -hmm. and the one game i remember the one the one you guys beat us in you guys beat us in the one uh and i had actually had a i had two i scored two goals in the games we played against each other. there was the one where uh there was a puck deflected up in the air i remember i don't even know if you were even like on a shift at that point i was not but the goalie, who's we're actually wearing like you know one of those f- f- bumblebee flyers jerseys, yeah. uh, I see it coming down. I'm like, no one's gonna call it. I'm just gonna like punch it in with my glove. So I go to like cross check yeah. it in, and I actually ended up getting it like with like the nub of my stick to get it in. But then the second time we played you, I remember I scored on Matt Trust, yeah. and I was so happy that I scored him. I did like the Danny Briere, you know, yes. like. And I remember hearing later you were like a little annoyed about that. You were like, Oh that, yeah, yeah, that annoyed you. As
1: soon as you scored. Because I didn't know you at the time. <laughs> Literally, the first thought came to mind, I was like, oh, she's like, oh, like, who is this guy? Like, really? Really? I was so
0: happy to score on trust. And I, I played with the football team. And those yeah. those guys were a bunch of Patrick Lineys out there.
1: Oh, yeah. Big guys. The thing was, was um, I was playing with, with, funnily enough, the band, the <laughs> band's team. Because um, I had a couple friends that were in the band. So, you know, you're, you got one guy on the football team, one guy on the band team. But we loved playing with you guys. I don't know if you were there a couple times, but we had just skirmishes with them. Yeah. Where we no, just played just mm-hmm. for fun because they were like, hey, do you guys want to play hockey? We well, had a great they, relationship with that team.
0: They only ever wanted to just play. They always yeah. just wanted to mess around. Oh, yeah. Uh, the yeah. most annoying team to play was, like, the actual ice, hot, ice hockey team that would play. Yeah, because they,
1: so, they beat you, like, 14 to 2. Uh-huh. They would not. It
0: was uh-huh. not fun. No. Not no. fun for them. It is a happy Friday afternoon.
1: This just sucks, dude. (laughs) Like uh, this, this blows. This is the worst. Now, granted, like you, you said in the emergency podcast, you know there are a lot bigger issues going on here than just us losing sports, clearly. But yeah, I mean, it. it, There's no other word for it. It just ultimately sucks. You know, you said what you said about Rudy Gobert. I, I would feel the exact. I feel felt the exact same way. Um, there is a part of me that loves you know comedy, and it is ironically somewhat comedic how he literally touched all the microphones because he's like oh you know i know i don't have it and then he gets it you know and now donovan, curb, your enthusiasm music and kind of thing. now
0: donovan mitchell has been diagnosed with it from the
1: utah jazz. yeah i got a notification it was like there's it, there's issues in the jazz locker room you think oh i can imagine like, you, you think go so? figure right
0: Joined by Eric Reese of the Philadelphia Sports Network and also a colleague of ours on 97.5 The Street Team, Eric, how are you doing today?
2: Well, doing doing really good. It's um, you know, it's, it's raining outside, so the weather is not as you know as well as it was last night. But we're inside. We're getting closer to hockey. We have a few things breaking down as far as the draft lottery is concerned. So I feel like everything for the 2020 post-season and the off-season going into the draft is just really coming together. It just it feels like hockey is finally on its way back.
0: Glad you feel that way. I certainly feel that way. And Cameron, as we turn things over to you, how are you new, doing today? And more importantly, are you feeling that way? About I, I am
1: feeling that way. Um, Twitter Twitter, every once in a while is making me feel not that way. I, feel like <laughs> I have to stay it, off Twitter because it, of that. Every time, whether it's the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, the, as soon as somebody mentions something getting restarted or picking back up, it's just a litany of, of just comments of just like, no, it's not. No, it isn't. And we can't like, have
0: sports. We it, have to cancel sports until 2025. And like
1: I get that, you know, I, I understand too that it's people that want to be safe and and they have to go about this in a very calculated, smart, safe way. Um, but I think they're doing that. I think they're taking the proper steps. Uh, they're taking the proper precautions. And uh, so I don't like seeing the negativity. I'm just hopefully optimistic.
2: Hey, absolutely. And I, and, and I do want to say this as well. If the Philadelphia Flyers – find a way to win that conference final, how I have it predicted against the Islanders. I think that the cup comes to Philadelphia. Now oh, that's this, a beautiful that's thing close, to say. That's how close I am with my prediction to having the Flyers mm-hmm. win it all. And this is being as unbiased as him because when I did say, hey, let's just check the splits just for fun to see, you know, who, how the Flyers would, would uh, present themselves against the Avalanche or against the Blues. The Flyers right. are the better team against the Blues and/or Avalanche. So I if I the agree Flyers with you. I completely agree way to beat the Islanders and go against either the Blues or the Avalanche. I mean, I'm getting excited that the Flyers are now um, you know probably bringing that cup home. It's just yeah. hey, no matter it comes down to this, the way that I had the seating uh, predicted, if it's the Avalanche, that means that. Technically, the home team is the Flyers. It just sucks that there's really no home team in these playoffs.
0: It is the post-game reaction. The Philadelphia Flyers are moving on in the Stanley Cup playoffs as they defeat the Montreal Canadiens 3-2. I'm with Cameron Klein in the FGP Studios. Cameron,
3: it's over!
1: Well, you made a mistake there. It wasn't the post-game reaction. It's also the post-series. It is reaction. is the post-series reaction because they're they're going home. Warm up the bus. Get the seats ready. Goodbye. See ya. Suzuki the- starting sh- shit at the end of the game. You know See what? Ya. You know what Suzuki can do. He can pat
0: the bus driver on the top of the head as he loads his gear up <laughs> and gets on the bus as they head back to Montreal. Ugh. The Philadelphia Flyers beating the Montreal Canadiens since 2008. Move on in the Stanley Cup playoffs. We're going to break down what you saw tonight, what we saw tonight. We're not even going to get into the Islanders matchup. That'll come when we've calmed down a bit. When our hearts hearts beat per minute are uh, maybe a little less than 200. And we can actually do some research into the New York Islanders and Flyers matchup. But Cameron, speaking of hearts, Carter Hart... Once again, coming up large for the Flyers, making 31 saves on 33 attempts. The Canadians peppered him. They peppered the Flyers' zone throughout the entire second period. They pretty much controlled the second half of the third period. But there he is, number 79. And at the end of the game, who is he jabbing with? Who is he putting his blocker in the face of?
1: Nick Suzuki. He's let him know. He's let him know. Hey, you can do all the head padding. Guess what that gets you? Guess what? I saved the puck 31 times this game. So suck on that. Get out. Oh. This series is over. And it
0: started immediately with the Flyers getting off to just such a, fa- a fantastic start. They get the o- offensive zone draw. Get it back to the point. Ivan Provreff, shot from nowhere. Did it have worked on TK? Who gives a shit? It goes in the <laughs> net. And it's one nothing Flyers before you you can blink an eye. Couple minutes later, Kevin Hayes doing his normal thing, where he's going to hold onto the puck for an eternity, throws it back into the middle of the ice, and it goes off of I think something. a something. I think yeah. a Canadian defender right past Carey Price, oh. two nothing Flyers. The Flyers once again go into their turtle mode after scoring a goal against Montreal. Nick Suzuki, yes, screw you. You get a goal as he. Uh, I, I actually I'm trying to remember. Oh, it was on the power play yeah. as uh, he was left alone in the slot because Flyers players trying to go for stick checking instead of just putting the body on him. Yeah, it's annoying. It Don't is. do that against the Islanders. Flyers come back in the second period. Yes, that was a period dominated by Montreal, in which the Flyers, I think, got just maybe two or three total shots on goal. Michael Roffle on the first Flyers shot of the second period from the deflection off of a Travis Sanheim attempt beats Carey Price. It's 3-1. We're all in the living room of Cameron Klein's house. We're going crazy. Olivia's <laughs> going crazy. Cameron's going crazy. I'm certainly going crazy. And then two seconds later, Nick Suzuki again makes a free. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and, like they, they won, and we're obviously very excited. But they, it wasn't a pretty win. It was not a pretty win at all. There was a lot of frustration in the house. The second period was extremely tough to watch. It
0: was tense. It was there was a lot of, please get the puck out. Yeah. Why is this pass off? Why are they playing in their own zone? Why is this? Why is Nate Thompson on the ice? Why is Nate Thompson on the ice? Why is Nate Thompson on the ice? Again, I, I don't.
1: My Nate Thompson being on the ice is just well, at this when point, he's I, on the I, ice. At this point, I've jumped like, on the
0: just... wagon. I have to like, I have to ride and die with the ship. If he scores a game-winning <laughs> goal in Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals, I'll You're come on. you still not going to be happy? No, no, I'll be happy. I'll be thrilled. I'll just come, out, come on here and be like, Nate Thompson, I never doubted you. I always thought you were the greatest. <laughs> Nick Suzuki making it 3-2. The Flyers would survive the barrage of shots. And Cameron, I thought this going into the third period, Yeah, the Flyers aren't playing well, but don't you think just a little bit that maybe the Canadians not tying the game was bad for their confidence going to third? Like, how, what do we have to do? Because this guy's getting on his game. A very special guest, a man that has worked for Philly.com. He has written for SB Nation. I've worked with him with Bleeding Green Nation as he put together some awesome throwbacks watching Old Eagles games. He is. His name is Seamus Clancy. Seamus, how are you doing today? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. Oh, Seamus, last night I saw you tweeting about the fact that you had both TV screens on. Your girlfriend wasn't too happy about it, <laughs> but it was two TV screens that you got to have for two dubs in Philadelphia. The Phillies getting the win over the Nationals and the Flyers prevailing over the New York Islanders.
1: Yeah, Seamus. It was a
4: hard one. That one was tough. That one was tough.
1: It was. Yeah, Seamus, I have to say, dude, I, I, the best thing about last night, for me at least, was going back and forth between your Twitter page and the actual games, because it was the perfect amount of cathartic release. Every time something was just making my blood pressure sh- just shoot through the roof, I could just go over and at least have some type of some type of laugh. I mean, the Royal Tenenbaum picture with Luke Wilson shaving his beard... That had me rolling. I mean, like <laughs> I'm still thinking about it now. That was absolutely hilarious.
4: That's one of my go-to's for things. I obviously love that movie, but obviously that scene is very applicable to Philadelphia sports. It's oh my
0: god! It's 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 sadly So uh, we're gonna get right into this uh, factor fiction with Seamus. Uh, we're excited to play this, Seamus. This is gonna not just cover Flyers hockey. This is gonna cover all Philadelphia sports. I'm gonna put you on the spot. Um, I love being on the spot. I, that's I was hoping you'd say that. I th- I thrive. So we'll start off with. So, Cameron Klein is a big Miami Dolphins fan. So I wanted to start off with this Just, question first. What? Yes, he, he, he's a big I, Miami. Do- what? He's a big Miami Dolphins fan. I've
1: only lived in the post Dan Marino era, so I'm very used to mediocrity. So I fit right into Philadelphia.
4: Me- mediocrity. Jay Feeder stand. Oh. <laughs>
1: I met him. He's a very nice guy, but yeah.
4: I liked I. I actually liked the Dolphins as a kid. Not as like they weren't my obviously the Eagles were my team, but they were a team right. I enjoyed watching because I loved. I played defensive and growing up, oh, so Jason my, Taylor. I I I idolized Jason Taylor. I loved Zach uh, Thomas yes. and Ricky Williams. Ricky Williams was my guy. Oh, Cameron, same run Cameron. Back. You're
0: gonna be best friends. Um, oh,
1: absolutely. Guy. <laughs> I, Ricky Williams is my probably one of my obviously favorite Dolphins ever.
4: Yeah, I mean, obviously their uniforms and you know logos and colors are dope too. So the or- yeah, the orange
1: jerseys with like the
0: the tealish pants and like the old looking logo. Chef's yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, fact or fiction, Seamus? The Miami Dolphins beating the Philadelphia Eagles last year was the most embarrassing loss of the Doug Peterson era.
4: <laughs> yeah, fact without without a doubt. It's not particularly close.
1: I, I want to add a little bit to why too. I remember the first drive of the game, Ryan Fitzpatrick throws an interception. And my girlfriend, who's an Eagles fan, looks over to me and just goes, I'm sorry. And I was just like, yeah, I know. I knew and this we was going to happen. And then we scored a touchdown oh, yeah. on,
0: like, the next play. Wentz hit, I think it was Jordan, or not, yeah, it was Jordan Howard for a touchdown.
1: And then suddenly, as Miami started taking over the game, I, lo- I kept looking over to my girlfriend. I kept saying, like, what is going on? What is your team doing? Why- How are they allowing this to happen right now?
4: The trick play touchdown is the most embarrassing. Oh, that was ever. bad. Like, I've never been more, well, in the Doug era, obviously, there's a lot of shit during the Chip era. But for the Doug era, that single play was the most, you know, humiliated I ever felt yeah. and most embarrassed I had ever been Again, he, in the Doug era to be an Eagles fan. Oh,
3: it was yeah. bad. Yeah.
1: Again, even watching it, I, I, as they're lining up, I thought to myself, I'm just like, what are they doing And then I was like, you know what? Whatever. Screw it. It doesn't matter. We're, we're tanking this season anyway. Just go for it. And then they made it, and I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. This is ridiculous.
0: All right. So, next factor fiction and this is a Sixers question, Seamus. Uh, for those who don't know, he definitely—I th- yeah, you would say that you align more with like the Sixers than the, than the Flyers, right?
4: Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: So, fact or fiction? Jay Wright was a legitimate contender to become the head coach of the Sixers.
4: No, he has never even cons- like seriously considered thank you his head ever. Thank you.
0: I just wanted to put that because I saw a lot of angry people saying, "Why would that?" It's a good opportunity. That why would
4: he? That statement he put out was like such a slap in the face of the team. Like, keep my name out of your fucking mouth. I don't want anything to do with this organization. Yeah, I
1: felt like he, he kind of threw up air quotes as he was writing that, you know, Alan Brand, great leader kind of thing, you know? He literally has
0: the
4: perfect job. I, I don't see yeah, it. He won't. Really. He'll get a statue. It, 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 He's going to get a statue there. He's going to be Coach K there. He's going to be yeah. at Dean Smith. He's deservedly so.
0: And the Flyers come away with a double overtime win off of the stick of Ivan Provorov, courtesy of a broken uh, stick from Scotty Mayfield and Kevin Hayes with just the right place at the right time to get that puck into the high slot. Cameron, there will be a Game 7.
1: Yeah, and I I feel way more confident going into the Game 7 than I did going into Game 5 and into Game 7. Carson's not playing well. Carson's it's playing the,
0: terribly. The GM is terrible. It, the, the head coach literally yeah. quit on the team last week. Yeah. It's yeah. bad. Yeah. They deserve to be – firstly, I, I would say they deserve to be and 3 but they deserve the embarrassment of that tie so badly. They deserve to be zero two and one And after this game against San Francisco, and they're going to get lit up by 30 because they're a pathetic, can't-do-shit-right organization right now. They're going to be o three and one You're going to have a bunch of stupid Philadelphia fans going off about how uh, – uh, uh, oh, my God, we didn't see this oh three and one start coming last week. No, we thought we were going to go into San Francisco and win by 50. <laughs> and then everyone's going to be talking about how it's Carson's fault. And everyone's going to be talking about how it's how it's Doug's fault. And no one's going to pay attention to the real issues, which is is a poorly constructed roster and that there's nothing we can do. Like, they're already – yeah. Deshaun Jackson's already moved out. They have no receivers to play. The tight ends aren't showing up. The running backs can only do so much. The offensive line shit. The quarterback
1: stu- sucks and really can't. He,
0: what else is he I, supposed I, to do? I,
1: I have to ask, like – Realistically, what did you what what did Eagle fans expect with Deshaun Jackson? With Deshaun they Jackson, kept, I really thought he they was they kept good saying to like like oh like he's you know we're gonna be good and now that Deshaun's healthy you know we're gonna be a world beater. Like, did you I, really expect to be a world beater? I
0: really thought he was gonna be healthy. I really did. I don't know why I believed it. I don't know what I saw after last year. You know what it was? It was the first game he came back. He had those big yeah. touchdowns, and I thought mm. if you can get this guy to be healthy, it's gonna be perfect. Well, yeah. People get mad at that. Here's the reality, Philadelphia. Here's the dark reality. Shut up. Shut up. Because this is all we got. You wanted this. And people are like, no, we didn't want Malcolm Jenkins to go. Malcolm Jenkins was burnt toast last year. He was consistently awful. Consistently. So when they got rid of him, I didn't care. They did not adequately replace the situation. Earl Thomas was out there, but all of you would have bitched about Earl Thomas because of something about how he got, uh, his wife was cheating on him or whatever the hell that problem was, and then he gets cut by Baltimore. Philadelphia doesn't look at him because they don't look at anyone anymore, and then he ends up in fucking Houston. The problem is that the lights created a sharp glare off the ice, and it was distracting the players. So Harold Bauer, being a man of reason or man of resolve, demanded that CBC pay for the upgraded result. Okay, understandable. You're doing this. Our players are distracted. You should pay for this. When the president of Hockey Night in Canada, Ted Hio, balked at the demands, Bauer of resolve, reason, rationality, grabbed a fire axe and threatened to cut the cable cords from Maple Leaf Gardens and possibly do harm to Hio himself, before Hyo finally relented and agreed to Bauer's price. This is where the
1: floodgates start to open. We're now beginning to see... We're starting at threatening axe murder. That's where we're starting. And he didn't. So he pretty much told Harold Ballard to go pound sand.
0: Ballard wasn't happy about this, by the way. He felt that this was very wrong. This was totally unprofessional. Go figure. Yeah.
1: So, but he he wasn't going to stop trying. He's not a quitter. Okay, Harold Ballard is not a quitter.
0: That's one thing you can't say about him. He's
1: he's not a quitter. When he was pissed off, I mean, he would go to extreme lengths a little bit later on John Bassett actually ends up putting the Argonauts up for sale for about three million dollars now obviously Boward now tries to buy the team again I don't like I I don't know why he would try I respect the resilience (laughs) but it's just like it's just pure stupidity like I don't know he first of all he said no once which is for good reason he hates you and he made he's made that publicly known and then you try to buy his team from him again I sure maybe maybe he would forget that you made a mortal enemy of him. Um, but he didn't. So, 37-14. to 14. So the games are getting a little bit closer. Every championship, they're getting, they're getting a little closer. Progress is progress. Finally, 1986. They win against the Edmonton Eskimos, the team that beat them in 1980. And they beat them 39-15. to 15, A pretty s- solid standing win. Now, the day of the Grey Cup, before the game, Ballard met with the team. And what words of encouragement does he have for his team? He says, you guys are still overpaid. But after today, no one can call you losers. So I'm still paying you too much. It's, it's, but at inc- least you're winning. It's incredible. It's, it's self awareness out the wazoo. But at the same time, it's still tone deaf. It's it's yeah, dense. Yeah. A couple, two more things. Just a little fun facts. So uh, Ballard, when he owned the Tiger Cats, he had their logo painted at the center of the Maple Leaf Gardens. I'm, I'm, so- I'm sorry.
0: I'm sorry. A uh, 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 Hamilton Tiger Cat. Yeah. Hamilton's not Toronto. Now, I don't
1: know if it was like the main logo, but it was. It was up there with the main logo. If it wasn't the main logo itself. Yeah. Solid. Just to kind of promote his own team. And then eventually, 1989, he sold the team to a guy named David Braley. Uh, and he claimed to have lost over $20 million during his ownership of the team. And what did they do? They put him in the Canadian Football Hall of yeah, Fame.
0: Yeah, why? Like, Well, Doug Flutie's in the Canadian Football Hall of Fame, so there's that. To increase yeah. seating, Bauer removed a large portrait of Queen Elizabeth II. For those, <laughs> this is a good one, yeah. For those who don't know or have no sense of history... Yeah, Canada and England kind of had a history with each other, you know, where Canada was, you know, kind of owned the way that we were owned once here in the United States. So he removes a large portrait of Queen Elizabeth from Maple Leaf Gardens. When he was asked about it, he was quoted with saying this. And just listen, get a a whiff of the condescendingness, the, 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 the ego. She doesn't pay me, I pay her. Besides, what the hell position can a queen play?
3: Oh yes!
1: It's the only part of the story that I actually like him.
0: Get the hell out of here! I
1: don't like. I don't hate that part. I thought that it's, line. It's, it's was hilarious. Like what, she does. What, what position does she play anyway? She a left winger. <laughs> no. Oh. Oh. I pay no. her.
0: You know what? Her portrait's worthless.
1: Yeah. So it was cool. I. I didn't so, hate it.
0: So that's that's your that's your light moment of the afternoon. <laughs> I
3: have contained my rage for as long as possible.
0: Welcome, everyone, to the Fly Guys podcast, episode number 54. Justin Goodard alongside Cameron Klein. I'm going to ask how you are in a minute, all right? I'm going to ask how you are in a minute because I got to go off on the Philadelphia Flyers for just a second. I am so sick and tired of watching this team have these incredible wins where they then Followed up with a BS loss. They played hard today. I thought. I thought they played pretty well. I thought they probably should have won the game. They lose three to two or four to three to the Pittsburgh Penguins, losing two or three in Pittsburgh. It's not the fact that they dropped one today. You lose games sometimes, Cameron. I get that. But it's the fact that on the first game they get a one nothing lead and then they flush it down the drain instantly, losing that game five to two, looking as lifeless as ever. Then they fall down. 3-0 in a 71-second span early on in the first period. Like, who is this team? Oh, this is the team that's going to come back down 3 nothing and naturally win the game in the final two minutes. So now we're sky high. Now we're feeling like they're going to take this final game of the series. They're going to make it all worthwhile. They're going to show that they haven't gotten, you know, that they, they're back on track fully. But what do they do? They then flush that down the drain as well with a terrible loss in the third period in a game that they probably should have won. Cameron, I'm worried about this team.
1: That was timed really well. It's been, I I have always been
0: very good. I've always been very good
4: at uh, timing that.
1: That was good. Um, No, I, 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 yeah, it's time to be worried.
0: A lot of people asked, um, you know, was there a specific short-term cause for the firing beyond losing so early in the playoffs? According to Washington general manager Brian McClellan, the Capitals weren't playing up to standards as early as Christmas in 2019. This is a direct quote. You could see the style of play start to deteriorate, he said. I think we had a good culture here, and it's starting to slip. I think we need to grab hold of it, get it back to where it was. We've developed a habit of thinking we can play good when we have to play good rather than developing good habits, and the games will take care of themselves. Culture, huh? I don't know, man. That sounds to me like you lost the Barry Trotz way and started going right in the lining with your Todd Reardon thinking. Yeah. What better example than by the play we've referenced so many times on this show, Ivan Provorov blasting right by the man who had been changed by Barry Trotz, Alexander Ovechkin, kind of solidifying that he's back to being the I'm just going to play offense and that'll be the the end of that.
1: And when you think about this this story, like to me, it's a story that's that's so interesting. Like it's so like. Nobody really talks about the, the difference between Barry Trotz and Todd Reardon. It's just like, oh, Barry Trotz is a great coach, and Todd Reardon doesn't seem to be a great coach. But to me, there's such a great story there with this team that should have been great pretty much since 2006, 2007 when they drafted Alex Ovechkin, and he put up 46 goals in his rookie season. They should have been great from that point on. 2009, 2010, they're a President's Team trophy. They go to the playoffs, go to the playoffs, go to the playoffs. They're just killing it. And then they miss the playoffs, Barry Trotz comes in, and he changes everything. He takes this team that should have been a contender for years, he not only makes them a contender again, but he makes them a Stanley Cup winning team. And then all of a sudden, as quickly as they progressed and and revolutionized to become that Stanley Cup winning team, they went right back. And you can see it. You can physically see it, because it was within a short time. And you could see it with that play. That exact play. It's a prime example. It's a symbol. Of what was happening with that organization,
0: I don't think they're a Stanley Cup contender right
3: now,
1: and the clock is ticking. It is ticking. The end is much closer than the beginning of this was. Sunday morning breakfast. They, uh, Sunday morning's the best morning to go for breakfast outside. When you go out of your house, you go to a diner. Mm. Sunday morning's fantastic. Um, you know, I'll get eggs, bacon, and sometimes I will cap it off with one pancake to go because that's my dessert almost for the breakfast meal in a way. But again. If I'm doing this, I, I know for a fact that I don't have anything else that I have to do for the rest of the entire day because I'm not going to have the energy to do now, it.
0: Now, all right, speaking of eating foods at a specific time, okay. uh, can you eat ice cream in the winter?
1: Yeah, but uh, not ideally, personally. Not ideally? What yeah. about
0: soup in the summer?
1: Def- not ideally. I could, like, depending on the mood, right? Let's say I'm, like, sick or something. Yeah, you know, or if I'm not super hungry but I need to eat something, I'll do soup. But, we- like... I'll I'll avoid it in the summer. I went definitely. to
0: the King George Inn with That
1: if I'm out at a restaurant in the summer, I'm not getting soup. Okay, so I Unless did. it's lobster bisque. It, okay,
0: I, okay. That, you know I'm glad you said that. Because
1: you can't you can't find that everywhere, dude. <laughs> so lobster bisque to, is, is a luxury.
0: I went to the King George Inn for Father's they Day. They have
1: a good lobster bisque. They have a phenomenal they have a lobster, good bisque. lobster bisque. Yes, they so I got they a have, lobster they bisque. They have a lot of good. They have good burgers. Do you ever go there burger Monday?
0: I have been there. Their club sandwiches, their burgers, yeah, their brisket, I mean they're uh-huh. their, their, their short rib. It's all great. But I, it was 89 degrees in a morning for Father's Day. Yeah. You know what? I wanted it for my appetizer. I wanted the lobster bisque. I didn't get it in a bowl. I got I, it in a cup. I'd be
1: right there with you, dude.
0: <laughs> and my brother Grant. I'd be sweating my ass him. off. He goes, "What are you doing <laughs> ordering lobster? It's it's. Why are you ordering soup in the summer? I'm like, and that's fair. I was like, you know what? It's the first time I've been out to dinner or lunch or whatever the hell it's been in like six months because everything's Mm -hmm. been shut down. I wanted a cup of lobster bisque. I'm getting a damn cup of lobster bisque.
1: Yeah, and which which brother was saying this? Grant. Grant, I would say, Grant, you're correct. You're absolutely right to be (laughs) angry at me, but I don't care. I don't care. Because it's lobster bisque. I got to do it.
0: So, Dave Haxtell, let's talk about Dave Haxtell. We never really got the – we, you know, we, we mentioned him in spades on this show. I,
1: I love – I just love the goatee. It's the funniest part about the whole thing to me because I just imagine they were just like, who's this guy? Gabe Maxtell. Oh, I never Gabe heard of Maxdahl, him. Like, yeah. You know.
0: So, Dave Haxtall, uh, he coached with North Dakota at, at the, in the NCAA from 2004 up until 2015. He was a pretty successful coach in the co- collegiate ranks. He uh, was in the Frozen Four plenty. Uh, they were yeah. pretty much always in the tournament.
1: Which is why a lot of Flyer fans, including you and I, were were... I wouldn't say excited when he first got hopeful. hired, but we were hopeful because we thought, you know, we have a young team. If anybody can kind of establish a young team and be able to get in touch with them, it's a college coach. So, you know. So he went cool.
0: 289 wins, 143 losses, and 43 extras in his time at college. That's pretty good. I, I have a lot of respect for that. And then he gets hired by the Philadelphia Flyers going into the 2015 2016 season. Now, the Flyers had been coming off a year where they went 39, 39, and 18. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's a big mess of just yuck. Yeah. So. In his first year with the Flyers, they go 41 wins, 27 losses, and 14 overtimes. They get 96 points. They finish fifth in the division, but they do make the playoffs.
1: Barely. Barely make the playoffs. Make the playoffs on the
0: final day of the season before losing in the first round in six games to the Washington Capitals. So there's a foundation here to build off of. I think a lot of people fell after that first season. The next season was nothing, and I mean nothing short of a disaster in Flyers' terms. 39-33-10, 39-33-10, 88 points, missed the playoffs. And at this point, we're now seeing the true faux pas of a Dave
1: Haxtell-led team in the NHL. Yeah, we're talking we we're 0-3 talking going, going into the second period. Every game. Every game. We're talking 10-game 10, ten game losing streaks, followed by 11-game winning streaks. So it doesn't really matter. Um, we're talking about OT loss after OT loss. If it went into extra minutes, oh, son of a bitch, just turn it off.
0: Within the first 20 seconds, you knew they were probably losing the game. Yeah, yeah. And then 2017-2018... Uh, they go back to the playoffs, and they actually look Yay. good for a change. They are third in the Metropolitan. Claude Giroux, a 100-point season.
1: His best season. And his, they're going, hands down.
0: going up against the Pittsburgh Penguins. They lose game one, 7 to nothing. If that wasn't a microcosm of mm-hmm. the Dave Haxtell mm-hmm. era, I don't know what would be a better example. Win game two. This is where the Dave Haxtell era, I believe, took an, a giant, giant step down. That Game 3, if they win that Game 3, you don't know what happens going forward because they came out, they were punishing yeah. the Penguins oh, yeah. to start remember. that game. Mm-hmm. And then the Penguins score a little fluky goal, and I thought, it's over. They're not winning this game. And that's exactly what happened. Flyers ended up losing that series in six games. Yep. Flyers never really recovered again after in the Dave Haxtell era and just 31 games into the following season, 2018-2019, that 12-15-4, Dave Haxtell, along with Ron Hextall. We're let go.
1: Yeah. Hextall, mostly because of Hextall, because he wouldn't get rid of him. I don't know. Maybe he just like the guy who had the last name that was similar to his.
0: I mean, look, look at that saying, face. It's not an image that you want. That looks like <laughs> a guy that lives in Seattle.
1: It does. He looks like he wears a windbreaker, goes jogging in the mist <laughs> morning, you know. Seattle's always raining It's up always, there. that's what I'm saying, like yeah. 50 degrees. I can see him going for a jog. Um but this past weekend, we've been doing um, this past week, we've been doing a uh, HelloFresh meals because they had a deal during their Black Friday thing. Um, so we got this one, which was uh, steak, carrots, and I believe just like roasted potatoes. So I eat the carrots first because uh, get the boring shit out of the way, and then I ate all the other stuff.
0: My, your dad taught you the same thing, I'm guessing. Yeah, get the stuff you don't like out of the way first. Get it Yeah,
1: get it done. Get the work done, and then have fun afterward. So that's what I did, and then I'm, like, as I'm eating, I'm noticing, like, I'm feeling like a sneezing fit coming on. Like, I sneeze once, but I know it's, like, not satisfied, so I'm like, okay, <laughs> this is going to be one of those. So I just kept sneezing and sneezing and sneezing, and my, my eyes started itching, and I started thinking, like, I think I'm having an allergic reaction. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go into the bathroom real quick. I go in the bathroom. My entire left side of my face is just swollen. Are you serious? Dude, eyes did Olivia not notice that? She didn't know because she was sitting on my right side, so I guess she just didn't like <laughs> notice it. You look like
0: the Phantom of the Opera. Yeah,
1: it was, dude. It was nasty. Like it was, it it freaked me out. And so I'm like, uh, can you come in here? And she like comes to the bathroom, and she immediately she's like, oh my god, oh my god, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah.
0: That's probably the exact tone and loudness that she probably gave as well.
1: Yeah, I was like, y- yeah, I I'm okay. I don't look okay, but <laughs> I don't look I f- okay. I <laughs> feel fine, except that I'm like itchy and shit. And she's like, okay, I'll get you Benadryl. And then she, like, ran out. But, dude, like, the left side of my face, I'm not, like, my left eye. Could you see out of it? I could see, yeah, I could see out of it. But, like, it was the top, below, like, all around my eye was just, like, it looked like a cluster of hives all formed together. Like, you know how, like, when you first get bit by a mosquito, and at first it's just, like, that little dot, and then it just sort of seems, like, weird and, like, blotchy and not, like, taking any full shape? Mm -hmm. That's, like, all around my eye what it looked like. Yeah, it was gnarly.
0: How long did it last?
1: Well, she got Benadryl, and then I took that.
0: Yeah, I guess that probably knocked it out pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, it knocked me out, too. Um, I was Benadryl, asleep by, Benadryl's like, 8 great, o'clock. Benadryl great, baby. Dude, it was, it was great. <laughs> and, like, at 8.30, she's like, why are you falling asleep? Like, I want to hang out. And I'm like, well, you fucking drug me. <laughs> so, like, because as soon as she came in, I was like, did you get the non-drowsy kind of, like, Benadryl? She was like, uh, and she's looking at the box. And as soon as she started looking at the box, I started thinking to myself, I'm like, nope. You didn't. No, you didn't. You
0: grabbed the first piece of Benadryl yep. that you saw,
1: which is fine because she thought her, you know, her fiance's entire body was swelling up. So and, I get and, it.
0: And you got a great night's sleep out of it.
1: I did. It without saying. Thursday, I wake up, start getting ready for work. As I'm getting ready for work, I notice I go from being, you know, just normal temperature, normal body temperature, to sweating within a few seconds. Yep um i lay back down i'm like i don't think i can go to work i text my boss and he goes hey don't worry about it because two other people did not come in and one person is now positive with covid then he texts me later that day and there's another person who's positive with covid so i try to get an appointment friday for a test can't do that do it on saturday so saturday i go i get my test whatever blah blah blah. long story short by the way i did not have covid did not have the flu i had some type of other viral infection the doctor told me that they are not aware of of some sort (laughs) it's a new virus it's a new one yeah great Awesome. But I'm leaving, right? I'm leaving my, my testing area to go back out to my car. And my fiance texted me, and she said, I'm going to be out in the car waiting for you. I had missed the text that said I'm in an extreme amount of pain. So I walk out, I look in, and she is crying in the car holding her side. I'm like, that's not normal. I go inside. She says, it hurts. It hurts really bad. I'm like, what hurts? My side. It's not her right side because my first thought is appendix, and I'm nervous. Yeah, so she's in pain, and uh, she keeps saying she's like, I think it's just gas. I think it's just gas. And, like, sometimes gas pains can be debilitating. Oh, yeah. I mean, they can't. Like, right. some people have gone, I don't know if you've heard, read the news recently, ladies and gentlemen, but there's a certain person who used to be on 90 Day Fiance who went to the hospital. It's fart-related. Anyway. <laughs> so <the> point <laughs> is, is that it can happen. And I'm like, all right, whatever. When we come back home. I drop her off in front. People that don't know how my living situation is, we park in the back. So I drop her off in front. I park in the back. I come back. I get inside. I hear her crying. I come inside the bathroom. She's on the bathroom floor, screaming in pain. Has thrown up twice. I'm like, "Okay, we need to go to the emergency room." Long story short, she's got not one, but two, two kidney stones. Two of them. And one dropped And that's what that was. So all that's happening. Great. I can't go back to work until Tuesday. I finally get back into work on Tuesday. Oh, by the way, Monday, the Miami Dolphins fired their head coach, which just, that was a great. That was awesome. What does
0: she drink? She drinks a lot of iced tea?
1: No, but that is is something. Um, uh, I don't know, dude. I was reading, because I was reading something yesterday that said soda causes it. Soda can be a big cause of it. But then I saw another website that said that that's a myth.
0: I hope that's a myth, otherwise I'm fucked.
1: Yeah, so I have no idea. She doesn't drink a lot of tea. Here's
0: what I here's what I know. I know that a great way to break down calcium building up in your would be lemonade, oh, because of know. the acidity of yeah, lemonade. So sense. it breaks it down. Yeah. Uh, or at least I hope. I hope that's not a myth. Mm-hmm. But um, oh my God, you know she looked fine when I saw her. I mean,
1: yeah, she has not passed the stone yet. And they were like, you know, when you start to pass the stone, here's these other painkillers, and here's this other thing to make it easier and all that stuff. And she goes, well, how am I going to know they're going to pass it? The doctor goes, you know you're going to pass it. I mean – You're going to know.
0: You know, and obviously – One
1: person t- said it's going to feel like sand coming out. Another person said, oh, I've had one like that before, and it felt like a boulder. So she's, so- she's somewhere in between sand and a boulder. I'll tell you what. Why I'm not going to get into the human
0: like. anatomy, but – I can't even imagine, you know, obviously... A I, dude, I know. I mean, it's...
1: You're pissing on a fucking rock.
0: I mean, that's <laughs> I <mean>, literally <laughs> what you're doing.
1: I, I don't know, dude.
3: Oh, my God!
0: <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to the Fly Guys oh. podcast. Justin Goodhart alongside Cameron Klein. Oh, no!
3: No!
4: <laughs> oh, they did it.
1: Apparently, we're dumb. Apparently, we are dumb here at the Fly Guys Podcast. Apparently. Here in the loft. The loft is the idiot zone. Because Obviously. We, we're not celebrating. Well,
0: I'll tell you what. We'd entertain some of the uh, people, more people that we like here. The, the Charlie O'Connors, you know, the people like that. Um, yeah. We would entertain those people. Uh, yeah. It's, it's February. It's not even February. It's March 10th, 2022. I'm dating this video for for historical purposes. Yeah, it
1: is. It's a few reasons. Ben Simmons' day. He's coming back. Yeah, number ten you know is
0: back on the tenth. Even though he's not playing, and he's only here to try and like settle a grievance. Number ten is back on the tenth. He's number ten.
1: Oh, that's right. I forgot his name was number. It, his number is number. 10. His name is number ten. <laughs> his name is number ten. It should be number. I don't. I was. Gonna, I couldn't even think of anything. I, was, <sighs> I get confused because in two K, when I. Forced a trade to get him off onto the Nets. He was that's number, fair. He's number eight, so that's what I'm used to seeing. Does it matter? And that's the only place I've ever seen him because he hasn't played for the Nets yet. <laughs>
0: and who even knows anyway. when he will play? But that, right. so besides
1: the point. Um,
0: so last night, so the way that you know we do these shows, and we've kind of uh, gone back to our roots when it comes to how we plan out these shows. Uh, for the record, I went for the, the title of this episode was going to be "I Only Bet 1500, and now it's "They Gave Him." How much? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, come on. That's, I think that's better. <laughs> So you gave a guy that was brought in to bring in the physicality, bring in that intimidating f- presence. He said he wants to be a piece of shit on the ice.
1: Yep, yeah. Well, We love that. We in, did.
0: In, in one other way, you might have accomplished this. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. He's not a, bit, a bad player. Yeah. I've, at no point yeah, like have that's I unfair. said yeah, he's but, not a bad hockey player. Yeah. He's not been dreadful. The Flyers wouldn't have given him this contract if he had truly been dreadful. But I just want to point something out about you know what he's been – to this team, which is he's been a giant ball of meh to the giant ball of meh that is the Philadelphia Flyers. And here's a more important aspect. So if we look at his stats, he's got, in 49 games played, he's got two goals and 11 assists. Justin, he was not brought in for the for the offensive production. Okay, you're right. You're, you're absolutely right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was brought in to be a defensive for the, for defensive. Yeah. He's a minus 11! Yeah. He's a minus minus. We have to live with that, and they're now mired in the worst season of Claude Giroux's career. It's a directionless feel for this franchise. That the only feel-good moment that anyone could find, any that any Flyers fan could derive from the season, is watching that guy go off Ray Bork style, go to a team, win a Stanley Cup, and then maybe retire after that.
1: And that's the thing: is that despite the fact that the team failed to build around, despite the fact that he has had all this personal success and he's tried to will this team into victory over and over and over again due to his competitive edge. Despite all of that, he still doesn't want to go. He still feels that he owes something to this team in this city. I don't, I don't know a better definition of a Philadelphia athlete than that guy.
0: And it's never going to be talked about enough because hockey just isn't as appreciated in this city, but I am so proud to know that I own a Claude Giroux jersey. Same. It, and, is, and, a, it is a classic, timeless buy that one oh, yeah. day Pete Mitchell and Ness will come out with their own version of it, and it will look awesome. That's such a good poster, Cameron. It's just such a cool It's person. one of my favorites, yeah. yeah.
1: It's uh, one of those Philly word art oh, word yeah. posters. The guy does a great job. Dave Schultz one as well for the people that can't see. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's one of my favorites. Definitely one of my favorites. And, um, yeah, uh, to close out, I would love to say – one of the things I've been thinking about a lot in terms of Claude Giroux and and, and hockey, in general, um, Danny Briere is what introduced me to hockey. Claude Giroux is what made me fall in love with it.
0: I think that's a great way to put it. I think anyone that started following the Flyers in the last ten years, Claude Giroux is your reason for watching. Yeah. And tomorrow night, let be Claude Giroux. Let Claude Giroux be your reason for watching just one more time. This is going to hurt if no. he's traded. This is going to sting. Be ready for it. This one, it'll take a while to get over.
1: I I, I fully expect to, to at least be tearing up tomorrow mm. night. So what other bets we yeah. got for Jack? Okay, the other under-over, speaking of winning games, um, we, uh, again, going mostly off of Justin's guidance, um, under-over, 88 wins on the regular season. What do you think about that?
3: Oh, uh... Listen, they're going over, and I'm so sick and tired of the whole oh <gasps> damn right they're going over. <laughs> Maybe 86. Wham, when, <laughs> Oh my gosh, like, dude, they're gonna, they're, they're gonna mash. The, the rotation is not. People are so like, oh, the gotta get more pitching. And, and it's like, hold on. Oh, I mean, I mean, Wheeler, Nola, Ranger, Ethel is a really good four. Mm-hmm. And then Gibson's, you know, just give him six innings. Like, give me six innings for four runs. Like, I'll take it. And then, like, I don't know. I, I maybe I'm just bullish on the bullpen, but like, at least they have stuff. You know, at least if there's guys <laughs> back there that they could that I know like have 98 in their back pocket. Like, even like Mick Nelson, who's gonna have to take down a ton of innings early in the season, might get healthy. Like, he has actual stuff. So um, I just think people are afraid to uh, buy into this team, but. I think if you're looking at the team from the outside looking in, I feel like most people would say 90 wins. So I'll, I'll take the overall that I'm, I'm feeling pretty positive. It might be the week that the Phillies are back, but I'm feeling extra positive, but I don't care. Like, they're, they're, they're winning more than 90 games.
0: I mean, you know, in terms of just excitement, like not only was I excited to do this today, I mean, I'm wearing my Steve Carlton jersey. I've got my Phillies hat on. Like, I feel great about the team. Um, I love how you mentioned, you know, Kyle. So like, yeah, Kyle Gibson, just get us, you know, four runs in six innings. And whatever you do, Kyle, just don't use that freaking curveball. <laughs> so, with that, that is going to come to the conclusion of our first uh, of many uh, Fly Guys podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter. Cameron, why don't you give a, go ahead and give a shout out to your Twitter?
1: Mine is, if I'm remembering it correctly off the top of my head, it is Cameron Klein15, C A M E R O N K L I N E 1 5.
0: And you can follow me on Twitter at GoodheartJustin please be sure to give us a listen wherever we may put this or we may not put this, but uh, thank you so much for listening. And we hope that you enjoyed flyers playing tomorrow against avalanche. Hopefully they win. And hopefully in about a week or two's time, we'll be back here talking about what a great Western road trip they had.
1: Yeah, right. Hopefully. All righty.